Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Good, Bad, and Ugly of Business. I am your host, Katrin Becker. We like to talk to all kinds of different people from entrepreneurs, business owners, corporate executives, real estate investors, you name it, we want them on the show because we love to learn about what people have come across in business. What have they learned in their life that can be applicable to you and to yours? Because we believe that there's really a lot more that brings us together than drives us apart. And so on that vein, I am sticking with the most unique guests on podcasts that you will hear. And so today it is my pleasure to bring Kathy Nesbitt to the show. She is a worm lady and we will get into what exactly that means. She also sprouts her own seeds and talks about the amazing benefits of that. And then lastly, and most interesting to me, she's an instructor of laughter yoga, which (laughs) (laughs) of lots of different types of yoga. And this is a brand new one for me. So I can't wait to learn more. So Kathy, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Catherine. Well, I tend to laugh a lot in my interviews and just in life anyway. So I know this one is going to be an absolute riot. (laughs) And somehow it's just gotten really dark here. (laughs) Well, we better shine our lights brighter then. (laughs) And when you say here, you are located in Bradford, Ontario, in the lovely northern sister of Canada to the U.S. Um, So tell, I don't even know where to start because there's so many varied things. So let's go start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit more about your history and what has led led you to this moment. It's the 21st anniversary of Kathy's Crawley Composters. Oh my goodness. Right? Selling worms by the pound for indoor composting. Talk about the ugly. I would say the ugly of that part is that I don't have repeat customers. Uh Worms breed more than rabbits. So once you get worms, you have them. (laughs) And it's a good thing, folks. (laughs) And yeah, so it's that's the kind of the, I guess, the ugly part. But it's taken me on this trip. Oh, my gosh, wait till you hear what's happened to me. Well, how did you, okay, let's go, let's go back 20 years then, if or 22 years, I guess, if it's been 21 years, how did you even come into worm composting, which is called vermicomposting? Is that correct? Ver, vermicomposting, vermicomposting. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, mm, oh my gosh, I was getting my psych degree. I graduated, got a, uh, got my degree in 2000, got a job at a group home working with challenged adults and they didn't compost. And they had 10 homes and a farm and I'm an avid composter and gardener. And I was like, I kind of see things around, around composting. Like it just is so obvious to me things, you know, sometimes, you know, things that you're like, why don't people do this? Because they don't know. I don't know why they don't know, but it's your gift to tell them, I guess. <laughs> so, I, you know, when I asked them if they wanted to do uh, or why didn't they compost? And they said they didn't need the fertilizer because they had cows. I'm not sure why I started at this part of the story, but this is indoor, <laughs> this is indoor composting with worms. It's going to be a really long story if I start way back there. We're going to need three hours. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you went from a psych degree and working with people. As a social worker. To worms. Yeah, to worms. So they had a group home. I might as well finish the story. Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, what happened? (laughs) So they had 10 homes and a farm. And I thought I had come home. I worked 20 years prior as a secretary, so an office worker. Then I started as a a, um, social worker, and I loved it. I loved helping people. I I couldn't work with management. That's why I changed again and again. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't compost. So when I questioned them about 
why don't they compost? They said they didn't need the fertilizer because they had cows. So they were using the um, the for the manure to fertilize. And I was like, but you're creating all this food waste that can be converted into compost and you can use that. Mm. And if you don't want to use that, you could always sell it. It could be a little business. You know, it's so something you, to do. You want to know something crazy? So <laughs> I know a thing or two about manure, um, which sounds hilarious because I have llamas. And okay. so the llama droppings, which are called llama beans, make incredible fertilizer because it's not hot. Um, and it has higher nutrients than some cow manure. So, um, I give it to my neighbors and family, like they get buckets of llama poo <laughs> to spread I in their gardens. <laughs> I hope you sell it because it's valuable. I've tried, and you know, no one seems to want to buy poop. <laughs> I oh, need, I need to learn a thing or two. <laughs> it's because you're calling it poop. Um, <laughs> I love llama beans, you know, llama beans, you could feed the llama beans to the worms and the worms would convert it into something more valuable ah, because more they viable, bioavailable, huh? Egg, right. More bi bioavailable. So, so all the vegetarian animals, rabbits, um, uh, even cows and horses and sheep, llamas, their manure could go into the worm bin. The worms would convert that into something more 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 usable like it's just more bioavailable um plant food mm. yeah and then you have it's really black gold and it, it's needed oh yeah so so we can talk offline about how you could create a business out of your llama beans i love it that's so <laughs> clever anyway there we go <laughs> um yeah so so they didn't they they weren't you know interested and I, I was like it was the first time that I realized wow people don't connect what they do they don't here they are creating all of this waste over here they had a vocational program where they were where the clients came to work on a farm <laughs> so I was like you have the space you have everything why would you pay money to throw your organic matter away yeah it doesn't make sense anyway so one thing led to another I had to leave I got another job at a school working with one boy and I got injured at work now I came home and I don't worry I, I didn't get injured badly it just was enough to wake me up <laughs> knock me in the head no it was my <laughs> finger <laughs> I came home and there was an ad in the paper and it said uh, are you a woman do you have a business idea yes yes and it was a it was a, a course a six-month course to write a business plan I turned to my husband. I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm taking this course. I'm starting a worm business. <laughs> Hallelujah. Won't this be fun? And so a few things happened. In 2002, the landfill for the greater Toronto area closed. And we started to export our garbage. Canada's a large country. We couldn't find a place to site a new, new landfill. And we started to export our garbage to the U.S. Wow. A thousand trucks a week. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Right. It's mind blowing when you think about it, like what's happening. We don't even think about all these things. Right. And I was like, I have a solution. There was a garbage strike in 2002. I'm sorry. I'm doing that. Oh, hold up. I hope you're following along. <laughs> um, there was a garbage strike in 2002 in the summer and can't, Toronto is, you know, supposedly one of the world's, you know, one of the great centers of uh, cities of the world. Not if there's a garbage strike and there's stinking piles of garbage, right? Yeah. So I, so on the news, you know, they were saying people were lining up for, 
you know, two or three hours to drop off their garbage at the transfer stations. Oh my gosh. Wow. Right. Cause there was no one's coming to pick it up. And it was like, wow. And I thought those people don't compost because if you compost, it takes the stink out of garbage. Sure. Right. You're taking the organic matter out. So I was like, I'm going on a road trip. So I sent, I sent press releases to the Toronto outlets five minutes after sending my press release a, a reporter from the Toronto star called me. Wow. The largest paper in Canada. Amazing. And, right. Amazing. Wow. So, you know, if you're in business, pay attention. I'm dropping a lot of gems <laughs> of what you can do, right. To get attention. Okay. So I, so he said, thank you for your press release. Um, I wrote an article last week about composting, but I forgot about the apartment dwellers. Six million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos, townhouses. They don't have space for composting outside. Yeah. I'm proposing indoor composting with, with, with worms. You know, you have a bin inside and I'll talk about that in a sec. So I was like, wow. So he said, when you're finished at the transfer stations, I want you to come to the star. I want to interview you. Mm. So I was like, oh, hey, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Anyway, of course, I still wanted to go and find out why people weren't composting. And that's a whole nother story. But I got my first article in the Toronto Star, July 18th. I called up my husband. I'm like, yay, I got an article in the in the Toronto Star. And he said, believe it or not, the universe is a funny place. It's a comedian. All right. He <laughs> said, I'm, I'm on my way home. I just got downsized. <sighs> like the very day I got my article. Like now I can joke and say, oh, darn, couldn't you have just got downsized tomorrow so I could celebrate my article in the star? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing now. Believe me, Catherine, at the time, my heart was in my belly. I was like, oh, my God, like we sell worms by the pound. We have no income now. Yeah. I literally just started my business. Well. Gosh, the the twists and turns that we take. But what I uh, the other thing to remember is that, you know, it always seems so massive or so heavy in the moment. But again, with time, you can look back and go, oh, it was all part of the plan. Right. We can't connect the dots going forward, only back. We can look back and go, oh, don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Remember, remember the follow the dots. What was it connecting? Yeah. Whatever, you know, the, yeah, the dot yeah. thing. <laughs> But it, it, there is a grand design and we can only see it if we take time to reflect and look back. Oh, it's so big when we're, in, when we're in it. And think about the last two years, right? The last two, three years. Yeah. It was heavy, right? At the beginning, it was like, ah, what, what the really, the what the double H is going on here? I know for me and for many people I talk to, there have been so many blessings that have come out of COVID. So many. So, so many that again, you can't see at the time. But anyway, we get distracted. So you're selling worms by the pound and you have no business. I mean, you're just starting and your husband's downsized. Right. What comes next? Well, then he joins, the, he's, he started a web business and we kept going. Like I, I realized I would have a table wherever I could. And I, I didn't know at the time without business, I didn't have business background. I, I wasn't, you know, I came for, I was an employee and everybody around me were employees. So I didn't know anything about, and people thought I was not starting a worm business. You know, like people you probably do. still get that now. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you have a business selling worms. Like, who who uses worms? They're just something that's just in the garden. Although now it's different because when you're in it twenty years, now I'm 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 here. Like, what? Yeah, now I've been doing it for twenty years somehow. And to be honest, I still don't understand business. Mm. 
I don't understand the business part of business, but you know, you don't have to, when you're doing what you love, every day is like play to me. I, I just wake up. I'm so excited. I still love worms. I've ebbed and flowed. I added sprouts. I added laughter and, and these things have just enhanced these three things. I do. They are all three branches of my business. And before 2020, I thought it was a juggler. Like, Oh, what do you want? I have it like at branding. Forget about it. I don't know anything about business. Yeah. I'm just, I just am talking my passion. So people love hearing me. I love speaking and I speak from the heart and I just, so I took on workshops because I was like, Oh, people are afraid of worms. Like I was. Um, and if you're afraid of something, and I don't mean that they're afraid that the worms are going to harm them, that they just think worms are gross. Yeah. They had a traumatic experience as a child. Um, after a rainy day, somebody chased them around or they had a fishing incident or who knows? Yeah. Um, something with worms. And so if you were traumatized by worms or, you know, around worms, you're not looking to that as a solution as an adult. You're really not. And I, and, but I also think just going back and, you know, I can speak from experience here, living in the U S and I, I did environmental engineering before, before this. And, uh, I focused a lot on waste management and hazardous waste and, and, and that side of things. And there really is a huge piece of once someone discards something, how fast it is out of their brain right? They don't think of it again. They don't think of the consequences. And so I love that story of the Toronto <laughs> garbage strike of, of thinking about like, oh my gosh, this really does pile up when it's not just whisked away, um, in the dark of night and, you know, you don't see, see what happens to it. But I also think that it's, it's still not, and I live here in Texas now, but I also have lived in, in Italy. And when we lived in Italy, you know, there were six different bins for, for, for all of our stuff. There was our organic waste. There was plastic waste. There was paper waste. There was aluminum waste. There was glass waste. And we had all of these different bins to, to put our stuff in. And so what actually went as trash was so very small that we ended up using a grocery sack mm. because, you know, that's all we would generate as far as trash that didn't fit into those other categories within a week. Um, and then moving back to Texas and, I don't know what it's like where you are in Canada, but we have these ginormous trash cans <laughs> that come with the house, right? Like you, you get your trash service and it's ginormous. And where we were, they'd given us a ginormous um, recycling one as well. And there were neighbors that complained about the recycling bin because they're like, it takes up too much space and I don't recycle. Oh Even though gosh. it was there, it's it just, it's, it's a mindset thing. And so I, I'm just so interested in more people like you doing these kind of things and doing it for such a long time and keeping that, um, persistence to keep going, keeping that passion alive because, you know, after yeah. 20 years of anything, you could get bored or sick of it. And yet here you are with still so much enthusiasm. It's why I was put on earth. I have to do it. If you go against why you were, when you find your passion and why your purpose, if you go against that, I think sickness comes. Mm -hmm. And you're very unhappy. I'm so happy. But at the beginning, I have to tell you, it was it was really hard. And I, I questioned many times, what the hell? Why am I doing this? Like, why? What? Why do I care so much? What is happening here? That That's true. And I, and but I just really thought 
I have to keep going because it's so important. I didn't know people didn't buy what they need. They buy what they want and they didn't want what I had. So I had to change. If I was going to continue, I needed to change what I was doing. So I took on workshops. Luckily, I was vif- um, gifted the, the gift of Gab, Ka- Chatty Kathy, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no fear of public speaking. I have no idea why, but I don't, and I'm happy about it. And so I just embrace that. I jump into and and it's still one of my favorite things, going into, into schools and doing my worm workshop. It's just so so fun watching some of the children who live again from say a Toronto area where they live in condos they may be not that they were born in the condo but they they spend their whole life in that tower and they might you know they go to the underground parking I know then they go to the mall and whatever but you know there's very little time in natural space Mm. and and I'm it's hard to believe but I'm encountering people that have never even like seen a worm they've never touched a worms they can't even imagine and so it's so it's so such a beautiful gift to be able to give somebody a worm to hold for the very first time and watch them transform where they're like wow and then they're like <laughs> ah oh and the worms have so bad? five hearts each right it's not so bad what nothing happened right it's just yeah. like oh look at tickles wow oh and then they eat half their weight they turn garbage into gold they have five hearts each a group of them is called a squirm like it's just they're the original alchemists and I love that you're environmental engineer I've had the beautiful gift of knowing that I've made an impact we all are every day we make an impact we just don't always know how we've impacted people good and bad right sometimes we say things and and you can't take back those words once you've said them so say good ones (laughs) (laughs) right um (laughs) it matters they, they accumulate um, I, I because I do a lot of exhibiting and I do a lot of school workshops. When I started, I said, "Wow, now I have to wait twenty years for these people to have buying power." <laughs> I made it, right? You, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've had the gift of of being at events and people coming up. I'm I wear company shirts that say Kathy's Composters, so people know me. They know I'm Kathy and they'll come up and they'll say, you know, and, and more than once I've had people come to me and say, you came into my grade three class or into my class. And we had set up a worm bin because of you, or because we had worms in the class. I took environmental studies at, oh. at college. Oh, they give be- me the I became chills. an environmental lawyer and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, right. We never chills. know, but I know, I know I've made an impact and we all are. I'm not saying I'm more special than anyone else. I'm not but we all are special. We're all special. We're all doing. And if we're doing, that's why, you know, the laughter came to me in 2012 when one more person said, Ooh, worms in the house. Mm -hmm. And I truly questioned everything at that time. I was like, wow, 10 years, what's happening? Why, how come this isn't a household word yet? Why doesn't everyone have worms yet? How come there's not every like worms in every community center, every school, every, every business? Like, so you're eating your apple and then you're like, oh, where's the worm bin for my apple core? Mm. Like, it seems ridiculous, but it's like, no, it isn't. It's so simple. We have to eat food. So food comes from soil and worms are the soil makers. Yeah. Right. They're making, they're playing this huge role. I'm talking about the waste management part because that's why I started my business. I learned early on that the worms are the alchemists. They turn this garbage 
into gold. And people that know, know, the gardeners know. Yeah. And so I was flooded with, with um, um, requests for the black gold. They wanted the compost. Is it, is it called worm castings? Is that correct? Castings. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the fancy word for worm poo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, llama beans, worm castings. Llama beans. Llama beans. Oh, I can see a whole marketing around that. Yes. In beautiful little boutique bags. <laughs> <laughs> I'll loan you my llamas. You are <laughs> welcome to take this and run. <laughs> Take the llama beans and dump them into the worm bin and turn it into something else. Yeah, exactly. Make it even better than gold. Right. Yeah. I know Texas, uh, Texas has black gold, right? The Texas tea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So I have, I've got a couple different questions, but I'm just curious. Um, I, I've, I saw that you use red wigglers as the type of worms, but surely there's a million different types, maybe not a million, but hundreds of different types of worms. Um, why red wigglers and are they the, are they good for any kind of use? Yes. So, so there are thousands of types of worms. Uh, only four have been identified for vermicomposting. We're looking for, we're looking for surface dwellers. So it is a limited amount so far. There's likely others, right? I mean, we haven't found everything yet. Um, so surface dwellers, um, you know, um, yeah, there's all different levels of worms and they're all serving different roles. Um, so these ones are, um, they require carbon and nitrogen. So the carbon is your leaves, straw, paper, um, cardboard. Those kind of materials are your carbon source. And the nitrogen is your food scraps, your manures, tea bags, coffee. Um, and the worms, the red wigglers and the other composting worms require both. You need to add a little bit of soil in, um, just soil from outside where no chemicals have been applied, not potting soil that's in a bag because it's been sterilized. We're adding the soil for the new um, the microbes. Mm. Worms don't have teeth, so it's a whole beautiful ecosystem. Um, so the, the worms are really the heavy lift, the heavy. They're the cleanup crew. So the microbes are the heavy lifters, breaking down everything, and then the worms come along and eat their feces. So everybody's eating and pooping and then, you know, <laughs> the beautiful cycle of life. It's the cycle of life. And, and it's all the layers. It really is. You know, this, I don't know. You must've heard of the soil food web. Have you heard of the soil food web? I have not. I would love for you to talk a little more about that. The soil food web. So it's, again, it's, it's, it was identified or whatever laid out by Elaine, Dr. Elaine Ingham. If you, if you Google her soil food web, it's so beautiful. So it's all the players, all the little, like the mites, the, the bacteria, all the, and then the fungi. And then, you know, the, as, so the, the annuals need a, a bacterial, um, lots of bacteria to grow because they don't need deep roots. Sure. You know, all your, your kind of annual plants that you put in annually. Your perennials need deeper roots, so they need more fungi. And the perennials are the ones that come back year after year. They come back year after year, so they have longer roots. They're established there. And then you get into shrubs. They have even longer roots. And then trees. Think about trees, what you see on top, so it is below. Mm. And they have this huge network of, so they require mostly fungus. So as you're as you change the environment, the different players in the in this in the soil dictate how how it is so you've got all these bacteria then the worms come along and the nematodes and all those players and they eat 
the other ones, and they're keeping things in check. So when you have a healthy soil food web, meaning a wonderful biodiversity, then you've got, it doesn't matter that pathogens are ever present, but you have a, like, if you have a healthy immune system, somebody beside you might be sick, but you're, 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 you're good. You're you, fine. Yeah. You've got your shield, right? Same with the soil. And oh, there's, so there's a great, you know, with, with doing the worms uh, workshops, I'm able to translate that for children to say if we not that we I, I kind of sometimes do joke with high school students and say if we ate like worms we poop like worms but I'm not insisting <laughs> that we eat mature, manure and paper <laughs> but imagine imagine if we could <laughs> you know but we wouldn't be spending all that time kind of sitting it's we're not supposed to be sitting in there reading in the little room there <laughs> the throne room Right. We're supposed to just kind of, I think, do our business. It comes out easy. And then, and then we get on with our day. Just like, like the animals we, do. Right? Like the animal do is like leave, do our, leave our deposit and, and then go. And then go about our day. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, so there's so much that I want to cover in this time. Like I know, I'm sorry. I, I, no, <laughs> don't, please don't be sorry. This is oh, and so engaging, but I think I want to make sure that I can, you know, translate this to other business owners. And I think the biggest thing is you know, people not knowing about it. So, you know, you talked about how you did the workshops and how you were very persistent and and visible so that people knew about it. But then the thing that you mentioned at the beginning is that you don't have repeat customers. And so Mm. many businesses thrive on the fact that they have repeat customers because, you know, the lifetime value of a customer is so much greater and there's so much less uh, cost of acquisition costs than, than what you're experiencing. And so I think that's really relatable to people in all different types of business. So I'd love to hear more about your philosophy behind that and how you overcome it. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. That's why I believe that I'm divine. <laughs> I, that's why I believe that I'm divinely guided. I really know nothing about business. I don't know how it works. I just trust that money's coming and it comes <laughs> I mean, and it's, you know, more than that. I am, I do have a planning. I do have a bit of a a plan. I'm not just an air bubble, but you know, you think about 20 years, some I've done been doing something right. And I chose media. So you're right. Visibility. If you check me out, um, I chose media as my marketing strategy. I don't pay for ads. I get people to write about me, 300 articles, TV. I have a documentary called squirm. Um, and since 2020, over tw- over 200 podcast guest episodes wow. around the world. So and this I'm, is the so, most fun that you've had, right? <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. I love when people understand the concept and I don't really have to explain, you know, kind of the nitty gritty of it. Like, uh, I love that you're in an environmental background. I love it. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. And I love that you're in the States because we're so close and we we're really connected and and so not connected. So like there's so many things that we can learn from each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think the visibility part that's and <laughs> here's another piece I'll drop on you. Careful, everybody. I hope you're sitting. I also don't have a cell phone, so I'm not constantly on everything. I'm ve- I'm I'm on social. I have a I have a computer for those listening my eyes just popped out of my head people stop breathing sometimes so i I give them a moment to like understand and then surely you did not say what you just said like that i must have misheard but you absolutely said you do not have a cell phone 
I do not have a cell phone and it's so freeing. It's so freeing. It's, I don't need one. I'm a, I'm a rabid environmentalist and, you know, in 2000, here's why I don't have one. Uh, it's part of my brand now. Mm. As um, in 2009, I was an environmental expert on TV on a little cable show. And every month I had to talk about something different. So one month I was talking about cell phones. And during my research, I learned that in 2009, so way before the smart things, 549,000 cell phones were discarded daily alone in the U.S., in the U.S. alone, like not around the world, that's U.S. stats. Wow. wow. And I and I was just like, holy moly, like that's that's a lot of cell phones. And so I and I've seen documentaries about what happens. Yes, they, they do take the stuff apart, but not in the U.S. Nope, that stuff is shipped overseas. Mm. And so it's people in developing nations that that's their job to be exposed to these toxic metals to get mm. the, you know, to get the gold or to get the, the precious metals. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a horrible system. And so imagine the environmental impact of all of that. Anyway, I'm not judging anything because it, it's here. I just didn't need to be a contributor. So I'm doing my one little, you know, my hummingbird part. I'm, I'm making my little, my little contribution by not having that, but I do have a, you know, a, da- a, les- a laptop and a desktop, <laughs> you know, it's not that I don't have technology. I'm, I'm right. still you're not, it. you're not against technology, but I, it, you know, it makes sense when you put it in context of, of not contributing to the problem in, in that way. And, and I and have a, a good... landline, I have a phone, I have email, you can, I'm easily reached. Well, I'm accessible. It, it, it does, it makes people pause and at least think about it. And so that's, that's all we can ever do is at least have somebody take a moment to, to, to think about it because no one else thinks about it. I mean, my son is 11 and I swear not a day goes by that. He's not like, can I get a phone yet? Can I get a phone? Can I get a phone? And we were just at his junior high. He just started junior high today. And, uh, seeing the other, like when they had like a walkthrough last night, all the kids pulling out their cell phones. I'm like, you guys are 11 and 12 years old and they all have cell phones already. And he, my son was like, see mom. I was but like, now well, you're the bad guy. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I have different reasons for not wanting to get a cell phone, but now this is just another, another reason to not contribute to that. But my goodness, we are all over the place in our conversation. Okay. So I want to make sure that we can get to the laughter yoga, because I know that's something that's very passionate about and probably even less people know about what laughter yoga is compared to the worm composting. So please bring us into what laughter yoga is and some of the benefits someone can um, expect to get from it. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful. So laughter is the best medicine. We've all heard that. My follow that with, have you had your daily dose? (laughs) 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 Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. The happy chemicals, those are the love drugs. Mm. And we're in charge of our own pharma. So when we're laughing, we're, we feel good. We're totally present. We're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow, or we're not thinking about anything. In fact, we're just totally present. We're just laughing. That's what we're doing. And I think the most important benefit from laughing is the oxygen that our body receives. We can live without food and water for a few days. We might be grumpy and uncomfortable, we can only live without oxygen for a few minutes, hmm. depending how long, how big your lung capacity is. Sure. Um, 
so laughter forces us. No, that sounds harsh. It, it encourages us to, <laughs> <laughs> to laugh full on. And I'll give you an example of how this works. Ever lost your keys, phone, glasses, and you're flapping around. You're like, I got to go. Ah, where are my keys? Okay. And you're not breathing, right? You're like, just like, ah, you're stressed. You, you immediately jump into stress because the amygdala, the stress center of the, of the brain hasn't evolved. So when we go into stress, it thinks we're in imminent danger. We're not. Mm. We're not, we're, you know, if we lose our keys, it's a nuisance. We might lose our job. I mean, that's true that we could be in, in, in yeah. trouble, but we're probably not going to die is, is my point. But our body acts as if, and we're secreting cortisol, adrenaline, and our body is a wash of those chemicals. Again, we're in charge. So we, we get to, um, we get to secrete the love drugs, oxygenate our body and it's super fun. We get to play like kids. It loosens up our body. Laughter is the opposite of stress. When we're in stress, that's where we are. And nothing else is happening in our body. There's two kind of two. There's more than two systems, but two systems in our body and nervous system are sympathetic and parasympathetic. We can't operate in the same, both at the same time. Hmm. When we're under stress, that's where we are. So even if we eat food, we're not digesting it properly because we're in stress. We're not, we're not in rest and digest the other, the other system we're in fight, flight, or freeze. Sure. Right. So, and, and, and that's something that I really just understood, but during this past cuckoo time, well, I took a deep dive. Yeah. So I, I also have a, a younger daughter. She just turned nine and she, I think it was maybe last summer had saw some, some, program for children where it was talking about, um, like if you see someone laughing, like pe- humans can't help, but also laugh when they hear someone else laughing, that it's this, this thing that happens. So she thought that was great. So she went around doing this fake laugh to try to see if we would laugh. And because it was so ridiculous, her just sitting there fake laughing, <laughs> we actually did start laughing and then she would start laughing for real. And it was just this amazing like virtuous cycle of us laughing harder and harder and harder until nobody could breathe because we were just like, Oh my gosh, this is just hysterical. Um, and so I, I love that. I always think of that when I hear someone like fake laughing, I was like, well, if you fake laugh long enough, it turns into real laughter and you get all the benefits. But my question from that story is fake laughter going to give you the same benefit as an authentic laugh. Yes. So the body doesn't know the difference between real and simulated laughter. It's magic. The the brain does, right? The ego does. The ego's like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you laughing? There's no jokes. or It's not jokes or comedy, right? It's just laughing. It's little games. Um, so the brain might be saying, wow, you look weird. Why are you doing this? Stop it. Because the brain's role is to keep us safe and conserve energy. It knows what to do. Hmm. Okay, the body's like pew, 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 secreting all those happy chemicals and getting oxygenated. It's like, wee, this is so great. I love this. So the brain, so the body wins. When we feel good, we do good. And to the to your story about your nine-year-old daughter, there's a business there for her. She, she could be a laughter <laughs> yoga leader. Can you imagine and make money? Because we need leaders more than ever now, because people are, we have this global mental health tsunami. It's bigger than ever. Like I, so uh, why that worked? Why, why does, when somebody's laughing, it's contagious. It's called mirror neurons. 
So ever notice that if you see somebody, if you smile at somebody, they smile back. Mm. If you see somebody crying, maybe you feel sad too. Or you see someone yawn. Or you see somebody yawn, you yawn too, right? Mirror neurons. So that's why it's very important. If you want to be happy, hang out with happy people. Ever notice that people spiral down in the story? Oh, you think that's bad. Ooh, you think, ooh, and down you go. Whoa, how do you get back up? Uh, I I get, when that starts to happen, I'm like, stop. Okay, let's just spiral up instead. Let's tell a good, hey, guess what? Good thing happened to me. And it doesn't have as much impact, right? The news is is filled with negativity. It's all negative. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's horrific. And we can't take our eyes off it. We're glued. And now we're in that. That's now we're the mirror neurons. We have to be careful what we expose ourselves to. And and that's true in, in so many cases. I mean, that's why we have the saying that, you know, one bad apple can can spoil the bunch. Mm. Uh, it, it's true in people just as much. And it's, it's very common to hear that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So who are you sharing your time and energy with? Yes. You know, yeah. do you want people who are raising your average or dropping your average? Right. And laughter, it seems so, so funny. People will say to me, Oh, you know, I tried it once. Don't try it once. Do some, do everything new at least twice, because every time the first time is new, it feels weird. Like you start a new job. You're like, Oh, I don't, Oh, I hope I'm, you know, or you go to a new class, you start a new school, you move to a new, what, anything you do new, it's new. And it's awkward the first time. So come to a laughter club twice <laughs> at least because and that makes me laugh, you know, when people say that it's not for them, it's like, that's fine. If, if it isn't, nothing is for everybody, for sure. sure. <laughs> but imagine if it was so simple as just laughing. Laughter has changed my life. I've been laughing since 2012 when I was introduced to it. I've been really, really laughing, intentionally laughing since 2020. When I, you know, when I really needed it, when it was so stressful, that's when I started my online laughter club. Um, which everybody should come to, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. And and let's let's plug it right now instead of waiting till the end. How okay. do they go to sign up for that? It's Tuesday mornings, 9.30 Eastern uh, on Zoom, 30-minute super fun self-care. And it's kathysclub.com. And the information's right at the top. And just register. I don't follow, I don't follow up. I don't put you in a funnel. Um, this is my offering to the universe. Like just come get out of stress. I, I incorporate Qigong, tapping, brain gym, all these wonderful energy modalities that go with laughter. It's the best complementary medicine. Mm. It goes with everything and there's no side effects. Just your bellies and your cheek, your belly <laughs> and your cheeks might hurt, <laughs> but it's temporary. That it's not like when you go to the gym and you haven't been for a while and you're like, oh my gosh, you're you sore hurt for, for three days. days. Yeah. <laughs> but I you know also, you're really worked out. It's not greatest, like that at all. The greatest thing about this is A, it's free, right? You know, B, it's something that we're all born knowing innately how to do. It's not a new skill that you have to learn. And C, and I think this is the most crucial one, is that it's a choice. It's a we get choice. to remember, we get to remember, we know it. And, and now we'd get to remember it. Well, I mean, we have a situation happen, right? And then you have a choice whether I want to be upset about this situation or I can laugh at it. Yes. Yes. Oh, can I give an example of that? Oh, please, please, please. Oh, so, so, you know, I took a deep dive and I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. You know, when you're driving, 
sometimes people cut you off by mistake. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> right. It happens. And, and when, whenever you cut somebody off, I mean, I've cut people off too, where you're not paying attention, then your lane ends or something happens. You're always looking in the mirror. So whenever somebody cuts me off, I'm like, oh, it triggers me to do laughter yoga instead of getting mad. It's never personal. It's never like, oh, there's Kathy there. Let's get her. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so somebody cuts me off. I'm like, yay, laughter yoga. I grab on the wheel. I'm flailing my arm around. I'm doing (laughs) I'm doing my laughter (laughs) yoga. And the person is looking in the mirror and they probably think I'm mad that I'm cuckoo. And so I actually get more space. It's perception, right? They perceive that I'm mad, but I'm actually, and then I arrive at my destination. Oh, I'm all, you know, I'm all alive, alert. I'm oxygenated. I feel great. (laughs) You know, when I was working in manufacturing, um, we always started every meeting with a safety moment. You know, there was always something to remember that, you know, safety is the most important thing that we want everyone to go home the same way that they arrived and, and all of those kind of things. And I just think what, you know, in business, there's such a perception that business has to be serious, Mm. that to be professional means there's no laughter. Um, and I, I really, I I really rebel against that and, and question that kind of thing. Like, why can't it also be fun? You know, why can't we laugh and have a good time? And so imagine a world where like every meeting started with just, you know, two minutes of laughter, maybe just one minute, like it doesn't need to be long. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, it does not. Yes. Corporations are hiring me now for for team building right now. We're going back into work and people have forgotten how to make eye contact. We've spent so much time on screens for the last three years and, and before, but I mean, especially, um, yeah. So this, it's really exciting when, because it, it helps people feel better, connect on a deeper level. So nobody wants to miss the day that it's laughter day. Oh, that's so good. Oh my goodness, Kathy. Well, I, I I wish we could keep going. I'm sure you and I could have the best time. And I know there's other things that we want to talk about because before we started the podcast, we, we talked a little bit about authenticity and wisdom with age, and maybe I'll have you on as a guest another time and we can kind of go uh, and flesh out that topic. Cause I think that would be really interesting as well. But, um, we talked about Kathy's laughter club. What is the website? If someone wants to start, um, doing indoor composting for themselves and remember the indoor composting, it's about not having stinky trash. So let's remember what the real benefit is. So how can they reach you for that? And growing more nutrient rich food. Uh, it's Kathy's composters.com. Okay. And we didn't even get into your third business, which is the sprouts. I have to come back. You just have to. There's (laughs) there's no doubt about it. But in case someone is curious, how can they find you on that? Kathysprouters.com. All right. I mean, that's pretty easy to remember. So well done on getting great (laughs) domain names. I guess I do know about (laughs) a little bit about business. And I think your psychology background really comes into play here and understanding how people think, because that's, that's really Mm. what it comes down to in business and with the marketing aspect of things. But I have enjoyed this so much. Thank you for bringing laughter into my day and into the listener's day. I look forward to having you, um, as a future guest. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
And for the listeners, thank you so much for being here. I hope you were able to laugh along with us and take that moment of, hey, I can choose to laugh or I can choose to be stressed. I can't be both at the same time. So choose laughter today. If you liked and enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your network. If there's something that you're curious about and would like to know more, please reach out to me. I would love to find guests that can talk about that topic so that we can share it with you and everyone else. Until next time.